Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 43 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Today's episode is brought to you by TechSite Builder. TechSite Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean, professional, and effective website up and running for your IT business. Save time and frustration with TechSite Builder. Learn more at TechSiteBuilder.com. It's also brought to you by IT Owners Compass. Get help navigating your IT business with expert speakers, in-depth workshops and labs, panel discussions, and fun social events. This August 24th through 26th in Chicago. Get your tickets at itocompass.com. On today's show, we have Donald Kelly to talk about closing the sale. How do you turn leads into customers without being pushy? What should you say in your first phone call with a prospect? And how can you prevent your leads from going cold? Learn all that and so much more coming up right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder Facebook page, click the following tab, and then select See First so that every time we go live, it'll pop up to the top of your news feed. All right, guys, uh, we have an awesome show for you today. The topic is one that I've been uh, wanting to talk about on the show for a while. And this is, we're going to talk all about closing the sale. So, you know, we talk a lot on the show about attracting clients and getting clients in through ads and through SEO and through your website and through social media. And that's all well and good, but once you get the customers, what do you do with them? How do you, or once you get those those leads, what do you do with them? How do you convert those leads into customers? And that's all about uh, it's all about sales. And whether we want to admit it or not, we're all in the business of selling our services, and we're all salesmen and women when it comes down to it. So uh, this is going to be a great topic, and, and I have a great guest on who's who's an expert on this stuff, and he's going to guide us through all of that. Before we get started on that, though, just got a couple housekeeping uh, things I want to do. First of all, I want to remind you guys about the IT Owners Compass. That is the event we're putting on in August, August 24th through 26th in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, you can learn more about that at itocompass.com. We are, uh, and you know, sometimes people will exaggerate or say this to to try to get you to, to buy tickets, but I I, I swear to you that we are selling tickets like wildfire to this thing. It's going to be sold out within probably within a month. Um, and, you know, probably sooner if, you know, we keep promoting it as hard as we're promoting it. So, you know, we have limited seats. This is taking place in a, you know, in a nice cozy uh, co-working space and it, it's large, but it's only large enough to fit so many people. So we are going to have to cut off the ticket sales at a certain point. Uh, so we don't want you to miss out. So if you, are on the fence, get off the fence and get over and buy your ticket because I'm telling you, it's going to be an awesome event. We are, I mean, we, we're spending so much time trying to put together awesome content for you guys. We're talking to lots, lots of vendors and, uh, you know, different uh, service providers that you guys are interested in. We're talking to a lot of speakers, subject matter experts, and regular techs like you guys who are going to speak about the topics that you care about. Uh, actually, let me go ahead and pull up 
while I'm talking, let me pull up a list of some of the topics that we're looking at um, at tackling in this uh, in this event. Oh, also, uh, while I'm doing that, I want to remind you guys about our keynote speaker, who is Michael Michalowicz, and he is the author of some awesome books that you may have read. For example, Profit First, The Pumpkin Plan, The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. Uh, he wrote those books. He's an entrepreneur behind three multi-million dollar companies. Uh, he's an author of those books, and he uh, is a great speaker. Uh, look him up on YouTube, uh, Michael Michalowicz. He's got a lot of uh, talks on YouTube, and you can just get a taste of how how dynamic a speaker he is and how entertaining he is. And he's going to give us a talk and kind of um, customize it to our industry, to the IT uh, industry. And he he used to work in the IT industry. He owned a, a computer consulting business as well. So he kind of comes from where we came from and he took it all the way to selling it and, uh, you know, made lots and lots of money. And now he's, uh, going around talking about it. So that's going to be awesome. Um, aside from that, we also have, um, some topics that we're looking to, uh, talk about. Let's see, let me get my, uh, list here. We're gonna, we're, we're, and, and these, these are topics where we already have a speaker lined up for them. Um, Things like pricing, how to price your service, cybercrime, and uh, forensics. So, um, uh, you know, how to deal with cybercrime, some, some tips and tricks. Uh, we actually have someone who works with the FBI who's going to be able to talk to us about that. Uh, we've got topics around uh, some business topics like hiring and firing, insurance, accounting. And then we're going to get into some, some techie topics like Wi-Fi, uh, voice over IP, web filtering, um, network diagnostics, cloning, uh, and then we'll get into some kind of more of the marketing side, like social media, online reviews, um, branding, uh, SEO, Google ads, that kind of thing. So these are the kind of topics we're going to talk about. We're going to have workshops, we're going to have speakers, uh, and we're going to have panel panel discussions where you have a group of people up on the front who, who have different types of businesses, and they'll kind of talk through their experiences on certain subjects. We're still kind of working out the details of the con of the schedule, but you can go to ITO Compass and see kind of a, a general outline of what we have scheduled and when it's going to happen. And again, you know, tickets are going to go super fast. We we might not even have the full schedule out before tickets are sold out. So just trust me, right? If if you if you trust me, uh, then uh, you hopefully you know that this is going to be a worthwhile event. And I hope to see you in Chicago. Again, all the details at itocompass.com. Also wanted to remind you, uh, if you go to computerbusinessmarketing.com, you can sign up for the newsletter. And that's where we send you a weekly email with marketing tips, uh, custom curated for computer businesses and IT service businesses. Uh, you know, you'll get the latest podcast episode, you'll get the latest video that I've released, and then you'll get a bunch of awesome articles and uh, and different things from across the web that will, you know, give you insights into different types of marketing, give you new strategies, give you new techniques. And that's just kind of your weekly dose of marketing goodness. So whether you implement it or you have someone on your team who does your marketing that you can forward it to, it's definitely worth uh, worth the price of admission, which is free, to uh, sign up for that newsletter at computerbusinessmarketing.com. All right, guys, without further ado, I'd like to introduce my guest, Donald Kelly. He is the founder and chief sales evangelist at thesalesevangelist.com. And he's going to talk to us about uh, closing the sale. How are you doing, Donald? And welcome. 
Hey, man, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. So um, before we dig into the, uh, the the specifics of the topic, I always just like to kind of get a little background on my guests. So if you wouldn't mind just giving us a little sneak peek into your background and kind of what led you to where you are today running the sales evangelist. No, great question, man. So I grew up selling as, as a kid. I was born in Jamaica. So I moved to the United States when I was nine. So I'm a child like a Jamaican sometime. Um, <laughs> but we moved to the United States when I was nine. And just like growing up as a kid, my family was always entrepreneurial. My dad and my, you know, my mom, my cousins, everyone that I know, are they have this entrepreneurial bug. And, and uh, it just was a part of my life. And I actually, when I first came into the, into the professional world of selling, I sold for managed IT. Comp- well, before that, I sold uh, IT training classes. So some of you guys who know about your M+, plus, I mean, your Net+, your, Net plus, your, your A+, plus, your uh, C, you know, the, we had the certified hacker courses. We had mm-hmm. all of that, um, MCSE, all of that back in the day. So I used to sell those classes. I, didn't, I wasn't smart enough to actually take the darn class. I should have done it because I could get it for free. But I didn't <laughs> right. take any of them, man. I was like, come on, man, dang it. Um, but later on I went back and I focused on the tech. I just love tech. So then I went into managed it services and sold there for a little bit, sold door to door dish network, and then finished up in a software sales where I sold to, um, it directors. So I sold to city county governments and municipalities and we sold them our software. So I love the tech space and I spent a lot of time there in 2015. I had an opportunity. I started my podcast in 2013. And I focused on new and struggling salespeople. And then I went to the, because uh, I just started to see some success. And I was like, people need to know about this stuff, man. It's like discovering something cool. You're like, everyone needs to know about this. So then eventually I jumped into doing the podcast. And, and it grew to the point in 2015, I started to gain, I gained some opportunities to speak and then to, to get some coaching clients. We started getting paid for it. And it made sense logically to jump ship. And I left in 2015. And never looked back and been doing a sales evangelist full time where I work with organizations and set up their sales processes for them and consult them or do one on one coaching. And we have a group uh, group coaching sales coaching program for individuals who probably can't afford one on one. They can jump into a group model. So we do all of those different things to help help sellers and entrepreneurs to improve their sales skills. Awesome. Yeah. So I think, you know, you, you've, you're coming from a place where a lot of us can relate uh, from the technology space, selling technology to both consumers and businesses, uh, and and that's going to be one of the questions I ask. Actually, you know, what's the difference there, and and what, what how can we change our approach? But before I do that, just I think kind of what what's on everyone's mind is, you know, it's basically getting down to basics, and that is, you know, when we get a lead, you know, whether it's a phone number or an email address or you know a, co- a contact from someone. Um, what, what are kind of the first steps we want to do to make sure that we are going to be able to sell them on our product? Uh, does the sale start at that moment? Does it start before? And, and kind of just guide us through that initial process. Yeah, so my, my philosophy is kind of like backwards, really. I feel the close actually happens at the beginning of the process. And this is where a lot of my clients I've seen because I've worked with them that they drop the ball. So let's let's go back into the scenario. I get pretty excited about this stuff. So I'm getting the, sure. <laughs> uh, I'm probably trying to shake the camera too much here. But what typically happens in a sales process is that the new the sales lead comes in and then we as the you know person who gets the lead, we automatically want that person to just be ready to buy and to ready to give us their money. And if they're not, then we get mad at marketing and saying, you guys suck. You guys are sending us bogus leads, crappy leads. But what happens is that there's no alignment, right? 
we need to make sure we truly understand who is a fit for our organization because sometimes, especially when you get leads as a small business, you're going to get everyone and their mom, people who can't afford to get their computer fixed, but they're going to come to you and say, hey, can you look at fixing this? Or you're going to get people who are just, you know, you might get some bluebirds every once in a while who are right fit for your organization. And perhaps you are getting some good folks. And sometimes you're going to find people who are just shopping for you. But here's what I would recommend is that you utilize the content. You probably have done episodes on this, but utilize your website as a means to be able to almost dis to, to diffuse people. As much as you try to qualify, you need to disqualify in the very beginning. Right. So I'll give you an example. Now someone comes to my website and they download something. Maybe what I can do is have my sequence set up, or you don't even you can do it manually. You can send them something like say, hey, you know, Lisa, I saw that you just downloaded something, um, blah, blah, blah. Here's a, you know, here's some five tips, a blog post that we had, five tips to selecting an IT vendor or six things you should know about fixing your computer, whatever it is. But you give them something that can help to, you know, kind of give them a, a preparation before they meet with you. Now that lead comes in. Now you, you know, you're talking to them, you schedule an appointment and you're talking to them. You need to make sure you stick to your guns because what I see sometimes, especially for folks who are the behind the scenes folks and not necessarily the salespeople a lot, we try to make it feel that we have to close or we have to bring on every single person that we speak with or we feel guilty. But you must make sure you focus on that ideal customer profile. Who is the best person for your organization? What does she look like? What does he look like? You know, what's that type of uh, the clientele? Do they have the money um, to be able to do something like this? And the three main things that you, four main things you want to know at the very beginning of the process. Is this person an ideal customer? To make sure they're an ideal customer, do they have a, a pain enough that I can solve? And that's important that you can solve, that they have the budget and it's basic stuff, that they have a time frame that you're trying to do this and that they're a person or the influencer or somebody a part of that process that can help make the decision for it. And sometimes you might find an organization where they have somebody sending people out to fish out the ideas first. But what typically happens is that salespeople or entrepreneurs get caught, you know, kind of like at the beginning because a person says, hey, what's your price? We throw out a price and then they say, okay, well, thank you so much. Can you send some information and let's stay in touch? You know, whatnot. They, they, they want to get that free consulting. So what I like to do is, again, provide that content on the website. And before they even come to meet with me, I can give them like a maybe a blog post. Hey, read this blog post. It's going to help answer a lot of your questions before we even get uh, started. And then you can weed people out. And some people might say, well, what if they don't come back? Well, you don't want those people anyways. They're the ones that weren't there in the first place. So you want to weed them out. And sometimes you can even give them, if you have fixed pricing, Give them the price range. Who cares? That's my philosophy. If they're going to buy, they're going to buy anyways. And if they're going to shop around, they're going to shop around. So I might say, you know, for fixing something like this, uh, for fixing basic computer problems or the frequently fixed problems could be anywhere from this price to this price. Um, but you give them a price range so they can, you know, it doesn't have to be the exact number. But all this information I can share in a blog post and provide education so that I can educate the heck out of them, give value before I speak with them. Now, once you get them talking, once you get all that information, and sometimes we feel guilty asking them, do you have a budget or you know, feel like they're going to smack us or something like that over the <laughs> phone or you know, is it do you, are you the right fit or whatever? Do you have a time frame for when you're going to fix it? We feel that we don't want to ask those questions because we're being pushy. It's not being pushy. It's being thoughtful. It's being, a, being able to help the person. And if this is what happens. If you're able to get this information, so to speak, dig deep at the very beginning and qualify, when it comes towards the ending, it's not even about a close anymore. It's just like a natural right. progression. We can talk about that in a minute, but I just did this with a client the other day. Everything I tell you, I just I did with did with him recently. But now it was it wasn't even a thought. I just told him, okay, this is what we need to do to get started, and they didn't even think about it. They signed the agreement, and next thing you know, we're doing some training. 
But it's important, though, that you dig deep and not wait to the end to try to handle some of your problems or objections. Yep, been talking I, for a minute. You probably have some questions. <laughs> no problem. That's great. I, I love your passion about it, and 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 uh, and a lot of good, a lot of good tips. So a couple of things I picked up there was. Uh, and this is something we do talk on this podcast a lot is, you know, your marketing is all about um, uh, attracting the right kind of client, not just trying to attract any any type of client. And so you can do that, you know, through through the content you produce, through your website, um, through just the the branding that that your business has and and all of that stuff. And and you're right. If 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 you just focus in on the ideal client and th- that's the client that's coming to you, then it's going to be less of less about sales and more about them seeing the value that you provide. And then they're saying, "Hey, where do I give you money? <laughs> like, just take my money because you can, <laughs> you can, you can, you know, serve me." Uh, and that's something we in this industry struggle with because um, you know everybody has a computer, and so we feel like we have to be uh, able to service everybody. Um, and there's, you know, the saying, like the customer is always right. It should be really, it's only the right customer is always right. It's only the, the right type of customer that you're looking for is always right. Other customers, you, they can be wrong. You could say no to, or you can say something that they don't like and that filters them out and that they go away. And that's awesome because then you free yourself up to give awesome service to people who can afford you and, and the type of client that you service best. And I really like your your idea of a blog post that you can write um, that kind of goes through some of the so, some of the things you do. It kind of takes care of some of that filtering process for you, and then that's something you can provide to everyone who comes through your your funnel um, as you know. Hey, you know, thanks for you know downloading whatever or filling out our form. I uh, just wanted you to get a quick idea of what we do and how we operate. Here's a blog post. Take a look at it, and then you know schedule a call with us here. That way, you know, they, you're asking them to do a little bit of work to make sure that they're willing to to put forward the effort to work with you, and then uh, you're able to kind of filter them or qualify them at that point. I, I think that's really important. That's it's a great point. And you probably can see it with like Geek Squad, right? I'm sure you guys have spoken about them, seen case studies on them. The, the idea behind Geek Squad when they first came around was that let's produce as much content on how people can fix their problems, right? Give tons of education out for free. And then what happened is that people try to fix it and they're like, oh crap, these guys clearly know what they're talking about. Let me take my computer to them. Right. And I think sometimes we feel that we have to keep our little secret how we do this here. You know, we can't put that stuff on our blog post or we can't put that stuff on the website. Share your, t- share your ideas because now you become that source of education and then they're going to say, well, we need to come back to you. I have this week or next week, I think we're going to hit this month um, or early March, we're going to hit 800 episodes, 800 episodes. Wow, and it's just congratulations. A, thank you, man. Yeah. We share tons of content, but that's how I get a lot of my customers. If some people take it and say, you know, I will go try this myself and I'll go do it. And that's fine. They're going to do that anyways. But there are a lot of people who say, you know what? I want to create a sales process. I can't do it. Let me bring Donald in or let me go and get coaching from him. And, you know, it's because you can go and read all the books and stuff, but why not get it from somebody who has it? And that's kind of the same idea is to provide that education up front. Okay, so we've got the education, we've got the right kind of clients coming to us and contacting us. And it sounds like the the next step, um, and you mentioned this, was you know getting on the phone or getting some kind of call to, to talk mm-hmm. with them one-on-one. What, what, what happens on that call and what are some things that we, we should be looking out to do there? So there's two things that you can look at when it goes back to this idea that you kind of alluded to earlier was with the consumers versus a business, right? If I'm selling to a business, their sales process may be a little different. If I'm selling to a customer, their process may be a different. And here's what you need to do. 
Um, if you're selling to a business, the, one of the first things that you need to ask, especially in your first couple meetings, you know, you might have a, you qualify them on a qualified meeting, then that could be probably a deeper discussion meeting and so forth. Maybe they need to, they're just doing fishing, they're doing researching, you're doing qualification, right? That's how we right. call it, they call it research. So there maybe needs to be two meetings of research for them and two meetings of qualifications for you where maybe they found out the basics, but now they're going to bring in some other, someone else from the team to have a deeper conversation with you to see if you guys can take care of the challenges. So that's what you want to do. But in those two meetings, there's what you need, what needs to happen is that there's a, a term that I learned from a book called Three Value Conversations, a phenomenal book. We interviewed the authors on our podcast. But the idea in the book is that you need to share unconsidered needs an unconsidered need is something that the prospect in your industry, it is so easy because there's so much that people don't know about technology that you can probably still help them out with. So when you share unconsidered need, it's things that people probably don't necessarily know, but it builds value. So somebody might come to me, they might have done some research on YouTube and see, you know, recognize they need to get several computers for their office and they're thinking, should I go thin client? Should I do the cloud? Whatever. They're coming with these questions and these ideas and they did their research already. But then you as a professional, instead of saying, okay, let's go with that, you challenge them. And that's where the book, the idea of the challenge sale. It's not that you're trying to be a jerk, is that you provide education. If you know more, you need to share more. And the way you do that is by asking meaningful questions that help to challenge the status quo. Once you can help challenge the status quo, they see you as a thought-provoking expert. They see you as somebody who knows what they're doing. And when I see you as somebody who knows more than I and that you know what you're doing, I trust you that I can follow you and I can listen to you. Here's what happens though. You don't necessarily need to talk a lot. You just need to ask questions. I'm interviewing two lawyers and you might say, why am I bringing two lawyers on my podcast? They're two friends of ours. And what I'm going to talk to them about is creating reasonable doubt. Lawyers do that very well. You just have to create reasonable doubt. And as a business owner or as a seller, you need to sometimes create reasonable doubt in what the prospects may think is what is right. And when you can do that, that's when you can create value. If I can get a prospect in those two meetings to say, huh, I never thought about that before. You realize mm. you're getting to a point where you create value. The salesperson needs to talk about 40% of the time. The buyer needs to talk about 60 to 70% of the time. And that it requires you to ask meaningful questions, not yes or no questions, but ask thought-provoking questions. Like say, for instance, if you were to get, if you don't change something like this right now, if you don't get the computer set up like you want by June 1st, what impact might that have on your organization? So I'm trying to reinforce to them the idea that they need to get it, that, you know, that they need to make the decision because they said they're going to need it by June 1st. Or you need to go deeper. Sometimes people might tell you, yeah, I have a problem with this. And we might say, okay, I have a fix for that. I can fix it. But go wider, go, go even further and in the process. And you might ask them, that's interesting. Tell me some more about that. How long have you been having that problem? Why do you feel that way? If you can ask several whys, you know, multiple times, say why, 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 really, or not, you're not going to ask them why, 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 but you ask why questions, you can get to a deeper layer of what the true problems are. And then that true problem can help you to be able to qualify and close or to build the value. You can then challenge them based on their previous assumptions saying, yeah, I just need to get a new computer. When it turns out that it's not the computer, it's something else. Let me give you an example and I'll wrap up with that part. But let's say the, the Toyota used the concept of five whys. And I'm sure some of you have worked of, learned of Aaron Reese and he talks about it in MVP, the minimal viable product. But it's a great book and great concept as well. I know I'm rattling off these books. Hopefully we're keeping track of them. But <laughs> I'm trying. about is the minimal viable product. Um, it talks about the five whys. And the way the five whys work is something that Toyota used back in the 70s and 80s, especially when they're developing. If you define a problem, you stop and you figure out, you ask five why questions, and it usually leads to the true cause. 
So let's say, for instance, I'm driving to work and I have a flat tire. Most people will say, well, the problem is, is that Donald needs to get a tire fixed. But is that the true problem? It's not. Let's dig deep. Why do I have a flat tire? I hit a pothole. Why did you hit a pothole? Well, I was speeding. I didn't see it. Some people might stop there and say, well, Donald needs to get glasses. Well, it wasn't that. Why did you, why were you speeding and you didn't see it? Well, I was late for a meeting. Why were you late for a meeting? Well, I was up all night last night watching whatever, walking dead. So I didn't set my alarm and plan properly. It sounds more like if you truly get to the root of it, it sounds like Donald is not good at planning. And this is not going to be the first scenario. If it's not the tire, it may be something else. Maybe he's going to be late for another meeting or maybe he's going to do miss a, a recital for his kids or something. So the true problem is for Donald, let's fix that issue of helping him plan. And then everything else will be a natural byproduct. And sometimes we get thrown off by the sub-level thing that the prospect says is an issue. We go ahead and we fix that problem. And then they come back and say, well, this is not necessarily working. It's not working properly. And you didn't do a thorough diagnosis, so to speak. You didn't get down to the true root of the problem. And that's where you ask those questions. And it may sound more, you don't want to sound like an investigator, but you want to make sure you sound like a, somebody who is, uh, who, who's really thoughtful when you can have that meaningful conversation. And uh, they can talk a lot. And you just ask them, you know, that's curious. I'm interested in hearing more about that. I've heard about that before. Clients have told me that before. Why do you, why is that the problem? Or um, that's interesting. Why is the case? Or out of curiosity, tell me more. Whatever, use some of those terminologies, but you can get further deeper into the process. And in those, two first, in those two meetings where you're trying to evaluate and build value, that's what happens. You can share unconsidered needs, things that they haven't thought about, and it puts you in an expert position. And that, that I mean, that sounds almost like therapy, right? Like a therapist <laughs> would you know, ask these questions and, and get you to, to talk about how you're feeling about these things and ask the leading questions. And so you're almost like a tech therapist in a way. Uh, Literally. I, I love it. And another thing this does by kind of leading the client to, to accept your, um, your views or, you know, you're, you're leading the way of this is the solution that I'm presenting, uh, and convincing them that that, that is, is the right solution is that's also, um, avoiding a, a scenario that I see a lot where the customer is always demanding things from you and saying, you know, you need to do this or you need to do this for me. And at that point, you're almost like an employee. Instead of yeah. what you want to be, which is a consultant and a consultant, you want to establish that at the beginning on that first phone call by leading them and showing them that you're an expert and, and showing them, uh, leading them to the solution that you believe is, is correct and not letting them dictate to you what they want. And that, that's yeah. tough, but it's definitely something to be aware of uh, in those phone calls. So, um, so we've got, so we, we, we had the phone call, we, you know, we, we feel like we, we, we got them sold on everything. Um, and then this, I, I've seen this happen a lot. Then it's like crickets, you know, you, ah. you never hear from them for a while. So should you, is, should you keep following up with them often or when is too much or, or when do you just give up and say, this is a lost lead? So here we go. We say no to, this is what we do. What we will encourage you to do now that you've done that, you need to, and hypothetically, in your qualification meeting, you found out their budget. So you might tell them what the problem is and they, they recognize what the budget might be or they say this is our investment that we're willing to do, whether you're doing like managed IT services and you're going to take over the account and whatever it is. You have to have, give them a, they have to know there's a price range or a budget so it's not going to be like, you know, totally stick a shock when they get to the end because I don't believe in that idea. Like, again, dig, dig deep at the very beginning, disqualify as much as you qualify. So now you do that, you're on the same page, you go to what I call is the, they say, okay, well, Donald, I believe you, I want to get this stuff done, let's go ahead and create a proposal and take care of it. 
the biggest mistakes that we make, we, we spend like two hours. We're like all excited. We go home. We're like, man, we got this proposal, got this client. We're going to do all of this stuff. You send them the proposal. You spend like two hours working on this darn thing. And then you said it go crickets. But what I do, if you do the stuff that we talk about, you prevent that. But even further, even if you already set up the, the budget and so forth, what I would like to do is then encourage the client to let's set up a time that we can do 10 minutes and do a proposal review. And I'm going to walk you through it because especially in our space, in the tech space, you find sometimes there's some terms that people who are not techie are not going to understand. And they might look at it and say, well, that's, I don't feel that, that he covered that. I don't feel like he targeted what I want to target. So then they're going to feel embarrassed to kind of bring it up to you again. And they might just go cold turkey and go somewhere else because somebody else gave them a quote already. So what I like to do is sit down with them, take five minutes, and I use something like Zoom or you use like join.me or you use GoToMeeting. But you pull up the proposal and you review it with them 10 minutes, one by, you know, step by step, what you're going to do. Talk about the problem. Say, you know, you know, again, David, Lisa, whoever you're talking to, first off, you mentioned the idea that this is the main problem. We I diagnosed it. We saw that this is the main issue. This is our solution, what we're going to do for you. And this is a stage one. This is stage two. This is stage three. Or this is how we're going to fix your computer or whatever you're going to do. This is how we're going to set up your network. You give them that guidance, you explain to them what's going to happen in each stage because I feel that sometimes as tech people, we don't want to talk to people. We want to do our work and you want to push them out the way. But if you're running the business, you got to do everything right now. You have to be a cook, chief, bottle washer, whatever you have to do. So you sit down with them, review that proposal. Once you do that, then you send them the proposal so they can have it for themselves. But then you set up a time, so you might set up the leeway and especially in the tech space, it's so easy. When I used to sell software, it was it was easy because if somebody was saying like they're trying to implement our solution or maybe they're trying to get the certification or they're trying to buy something, we need a time period because you have to set things up, right? So you might say, okay, if you want to go ahead and start June 1, we need a 30-day window. So we need to get this sucker going by May by May 2nd or by May uh, 30th, um, May 1st. So then they're like, okay, well, great. That's a lead window. How much time do you guys need internally to get this thing going? Well, we'll pro that's about the right time frame as well. Okay, so if we need to get started in May and we need to get this going. Here's what we'll need to do. Sign up, you know, get you all signed up as soon as possible with the proposal and then we need to go ahead and get something going from there. Now, if they get the proposal, what you can do, depending on the organization, again, if you're selling to a business or if you're selling to an individual, you can put this in place so you can get them to say, um, you know, you want a follow-up, right? You want to something that you don't, they don't just go cold turkey on you. Give them like, if there's a business, you might say, well, I know based on working with other businesses, you guys probably have an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. Who, is, who in your organization should I speak with about getting that NDA? It's just another step that I can make sure it's solidifying the deal, right? I'm me signing something on their part or vice versa. I might say, okay, well, here's something I would like you guys to sign. And it's a privacy agreement between you and I that I'm not going to share your content with anyone. But now I'm getting them, if it's going to take them a week to get the proposal signed back, I have something else that kind of almost like a promise ring that they're signing. It may not be necessarily anything crazy in a court of law, but it's the fact that now they agree to something else. But that's something you right. can do as well. But the biggest mistake is sending out a proposal and just like waiting and just kind yeah. of, hopefully something comes in. But give them that uh, proposal review and it makes the chances of closing go significantly quicker. And one last thing, there are different tools you can use. I use something called PandaDoc. It's relatively cheap. It's like $39 a month but I'm able to set up my electronic proposal. I get it to them, review it with them. And then I can see when they open it. And I can also see activities on the proposal, like where they're looking at the most, what they're taking advantage of, who they share it with and things like that. But that's what happens to me at that point. And usually in that proposal reviews, that's where I pretty much like quote unquote close them. I bring up that time period and they're like, yeah, let's go ahead and get that started. 
But if they do need to go back and bring it to somebody else, I try to put some of those other parameters in place so I can make sure I follow up like with the NDA or things like that. Yeah, that makes sense. So basically every interaction you have with them, you make sure before that interaction is over, you're scheduling another interaction. So there's no, yeah, there's no kind of waiting to hear back from them later on. There's always the next thing scheduled. Um, and that, that's great. Yeah. I think that's a, that's, that's great advice. Um, and uh, I'll have a link to to all the the links we're talking about, including you know the books you mentioned and the Panda Doc and everything that'll be in the show notes uh, of the podcast. So that's great. Um, so how can we adapt this whole kind of sales cycle to those of us who have like a brick and mortar shop? So you know someone will walk in the door. They're maybe they're looking to buy a new computer. We have you know custom built computers that are a little bit more expensive than you can find at like Best Buy or something, and we also we're trying to you know get all of our customers on like a recurring revenue model type of service plan. Um, but we got to make that sale, you know, in that first interaction. They walk in the door, we got to sell them. How do we kind of compress this whole thing into that kind of environment? Same idea, you just kind of just just shrink it down. So the first thing you want to do is qualify. So you might you know, find out what they're looking at, what some of the problems that they're trying to do, understand that you can build that value right there in that, in, that, in that interaction that you're visiting with them. And then from there, you want to find out their price range. So they might tell you, well, we're trying to do this, we want this, we want this type of computer. What do you, what's your budget? What's your price range? Okay, great. Now what I also want to find out, and sometimes we're afraid to ask, is besides this, what, else, what are other options that you have? Or what have you tried before? Well, I try to work on it by myself or you know, my cousin is a tech guy, so I had him you know, try to work on something. I need to know this information so I can know if they're looking at competitors or if they're trying to look at other resources or what have they done already. You can have a spreadsheet, I mean, a, a simple little check sheet. And if you're pretty new at it and if you're trying to do this, you can have this little check sheet there on your, on your paper. You know, did I add, did I find out their budget? Did I find out their time frame? Did I find out, you know, how much they're willing to, you know, what the main issue that they're having? Did I go deep enough? You know, just a simple little checklist that you can have to, to follow. And then uh, you can even tell them, yeah, I'm just going to write some stuff down with here with you and to better make sure I understand. And they'll be more than fine with that. But then also you need to, once they can, once they can give you that stuff and they can figure out what that time frame is, because sometimes you're going to have people who walk into your store and they're going to say, well, you know what? I want to look at this. I want to research. I want to do next time. Get some information there. I want to get Intel. I want to get what, um, I want to get their email and their phone number. And I will ask them, can I keep in touch with you? Is it okay if I follow up with you in a week? And then in a, you know, as soon as they leave the store, maybe you can have something that you can give them, like that downloadable document again, or maybe that blog post, like, hey, you know, Donald, it's great seeing you today. Um, hope that you can get, hope that we can help work together to help you get that computer built that you're looking for. But in the meantime, here's a document that I created, top five mistakes that people make when they're looking to build their first computer or get nice. their first computer done. And that way now they're like, dang it, this person knows me. They know what I'm talking about. They know my issues. They know some of the challenges. And then it leads to that smooth, well, let's set up a time to get back on a call or let's set up a time to get back together. And even if they're in the store and we're not closing them right then and there, you know, because it's a big purchase and not willing to make that final decision right there, I want to set up a next appointment. So I might say, okay, well, let's go ahead and get you to review this stuff. Can I follow up with you? Um, when is a good day to follow up with you? Next Friday or on Thursday work? I'll give you a phone call and you just sit there or, you know, get their cell phone so you can at least text them as well. And that's something I recommend, especially to brick and mortar. Don't be afraid of asking for a cell phone so you can text. And now you can do that. But if they're in person, they're in the store, just follow the same thing. You want to qualify them, build a value, and then review what that might cost, um, that investment might be. And try not to use the word cost. I just said it there, a bad word. But use that investment and then, you know, convert them, And which is the close where you might, add, you know, once they are, once you build enough value into this, this computer that you're going to build for them and they clearly have the investment, 
then don't let them leave the store. Just say, okay, great, let's go ahead and get this set up and get you going. What we'll need to do to get started is a minimum uh, deposit, at least if, you know, whatever, depending on your organization, of X amount of dollars to go ahead and get the project started. We'll kick it off. And this is the time frame. How soon you want your computer again? In two months? Okay, great. We can definitely do that. And I would rather tell them, uh, give them a longer time period and then you close, you know, over promise. I mean, excuse me. Under promise, over deliver. So I might tell you, you know, yeah, typically it's a 30 day or a 60 day window, and I can deliver that in 30 days, then I'm going to look so much better as a more efficient organization. Right. Yep. Yep. Super important. I, I, what I like from that is um, the big takeaway that I like from there was giving them something of value for free, like a, like a brochure or a handout or some kind of, you know, valuable tip sheet or something, which is kind of like what you do on a website with a, you know, a lead magnet or something like that, but it's in person. Cause I'm a web guy. So I'm always, you know, thinking lead <laughs> capture form and, and PDF download and all that stuff. <laughs> That's the same thing, but in, in person. So I love it. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so we're, we're uh, going to have to wrap up here, but um, let's talk Dang a little it, bit about, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about tools. Like uh, you talked already about PandaDoc. Is there any other, you know, tools that can maybe help automate some of this stuff that you would recommend? Yeah, I'm not sure if, that, depending on people's investment, there are different tools out there. Like if you're using uh, softwares like uh, Yesware is a good one. Um, Sales Handy is a small company, but they similar to, tool where you can get to, this is more of like your automated email outreach. So um, not necessarily like your constant contact or something like that, or your, you know, I use active campaign, but if you're, sending out prospecting emails, you're trying to, you know, cold outreach to some folks, um, you can use some of those tools and they help a lot to be able to help uh, guide someone down the path in that process. What was that um, second one? Sales what? Sales Handy, H-A-N-D-Y. Okay. Sales Handy. So that's another good tool. But yes, where Sales Handy, there's several of them out there that's really good. Um, and What about then, like, uh, a, um, like a CRM or something to keep track of the people that you're following up with? Yeah, I mean, some people go for the, the big dogs, the beasts already, the Salesforce. And Salesforce could be a good thing, but I like to use some of the other ones. There's so many out there, like Pipedrive is really good because it's focused on the activity-based approach like we're talking about. So you can sequentially guide the person down the path. Um, you can use, I mean, there's so many. Uh, Insightly is another great CRM that you can take advantage of um, that you can use. You know, if you're using, I use account uh, active campaigns, so I'm using their CRM module. It's nothing like too beefy, but it still gets the job done. And you can also look at tools such as HubSpot. I absolutely love HubSpot, um, where you can do a lot of the email marketing automation and everything is all in one place. Um, they have a free version, and you can also take advantage of their paid version as well. And for the stuff you get for free, you can, it's almost like paid for like some other uh, smaller uh, brands. But HubSpot is a great, great organization. I don't advertise for them, it's just I love the tool. Um, but those are some of the ones that I'd have, have you check out as, as, great. as a minimum to start off with. And Zoho awesome. is another basic one, a simple one. They're doing a lot as well. They're copying a lot of the things that HubSpot's doing. It's also a great uh, value piece as well. Yeah, Zoho is really good for the for the money. They're super cheap. <laughs> yeah, you get uh, you get some good stuff there. Awesome. Well, uh, that's all the time we have. Uh, before you go, can you let folks know um, kind of some of the stuff you're doing over at um, your you know your uh, your consulting business there at the Sales Evangelist? And um, uh, specifically, I think the group training might be uh, interesting for, for a lot of the listeners um, who might not, you know, necessarily be able to afford one-on-one -on -one consulting, but still want, you know, the help of a sales guru <laughs> in their back pocket. 
All right, so we'll so we we have a main uh, four I guess four main products that we typically uh, services. One is a sales training. If you have a small organization, you have multiple sales team uh, sales people. Um, what you want to do is create a formal process. Uh, you I come in as a consultant, help to create that process, and also train the sales reps and get them going and so forth. Or you may have a process already, but you just need your sales rep to be trained on how to become more effective and to build value or to prospect better or to you know, get referrals or whatnot. We create a customized training or we have training modules for business development or for building value. So that's the sales training side of the house. Sales coaching is more for entrepreneurs or individuals that can afford a one-on-one -on -one coaching. We sit down and we have a one-hour session each week and it's recorded, but we do an assessment before we start and our coaching so we can be able to see where you have the biggest challenge and help you and guide you. And then the group coaching model is TSC Hustlers League. It's a one hour, it's a one hour group coaching call and we have sellers from all different levels and background and that's the most inexpensive one. And I'm going to be straight up with you. That's our lead, our lead in product, right? It's $150 a month for three months. So $450 altogether. And it's a four, a three month semester is what I call it. And we focus on a different topic. So right now we're going nice. through business development, everything around building the building and finding leads. Next semester we're focusing on building value, how we can continue the conversation and to close and bring them on. So you can find all oh, the details cool. by going to the salesevangelist.com um, and type salesevangelist.com slash hustlers for that program. The salesevangelist.com slash hustlers. Awesome. Uh, great. Um, definitely check that out, guys. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes. Um, great stuff, Donald. I, I really appreciate it. It's been very helpful. Um, a lot of golden nuggets. I noticed in the comments, people are are kind of having those light bulb moments. I know Dave Greenbaum <laughs> said like the whole NDA thing was was a great uh, was a great idea, um, and um, some other ones uh, uh, about. Um, gosh, I, I lost it. But there was another one yeah. where it was like, oh yeah, that's a, that was a great idea. So awesome. Yeah. Uh, Great actionable stuff. We love the actionable stuff, and, and I'm sure people are going to be putting this to good use. Uh, so thanks again, Donald, and, and we hope to have you back again in the future. It would be a total absolute honor to come back. Thank you so much for having me, and keep produce, producing awesome stuff, man. I wish I had this when I was back around in the tech space, man. <laughs> right. Awesome. Well, guys, you, you heard it. Uh, if you loved what you heard, uh, love to hear back from you guys. Let's keep the conversation going. So if you can't make it to our live stream in Facebook on Thursday evenings, then head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com. Let us know what you think on the show notes page in the comments. Uh, love to hear the comments from you guys about what you think of the topics we're talking about. And then don't forget to join us in the Facebook group. We have a group called the Computer Business Marketing Group, and you can go to techsitebuilder.com slash group, and that'll take you to that, uh, that Facebook group uh, where we talk a lot about different marketing strategies for computer businesses, lots of great questions going on in there. Uh, so love to have you there. Also, if you listen to this uh, podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd love to get your review. We love to hear back from you guys, and every comment you leave helps it so that the podcast can be found by others. Also, don't forget to check out our sponsors, ITO, IT Owners Compass at itocompass.com and TechSiteBuilder at TechSiteBuilder.com. Thank you for checking out the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name is Matthew Rodella saying, here's to your success. Mm -hmm.